So there's the update. A lot of things going on. A lot of stuff going on. We are in a series called Great Expectations. And now I've laid out some great expectations for you, and you're looking forward to all things that are going to be happening. But we're talking about great expectations. Have you ever wondered why so many people don't fulfill the expectations that God has for their future? They have for their own future. Ever wondered why it is that people don't fulfill their expectations? Why so many people are living a life of mediocrity or frustration or defeat? Well, this morning, I want to look at one of my, my favorite people in all the Bible, Caleb. Caleb has inspired my life. He has had an, a huge impact on my life. From the first time I read the story of Caleb, he's been one of my heroes, one of my biblical heroes. And for good reason. He was a man that impacted so many lives. Caleb was one of the 12 leaders sent by Moses to spy out the promised land. Ten were filled with fear and came back with a bad report, but not Caleb. Caleb was different. He was different. So the question I have this morning is, how can we, how can we using the life of Caleb, fulfill our future expectations that God has for us and we should have of ourselves? How is it that using the life of Caleb, we can fulfill the expectations that we have of the future? Let me give you three characteristics that Caleb displayed. Three characteristics. Number one, he had the right attitude. He had the right attitude. I'm going to read from Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24. It says this, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, don't forget that, a different spirit, and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Caleb had a different spirit. Listen, no matter what people do to you in your life, no matter what they do to you, they cannot take away the person that you were designed to be unless you allow them to, unless you let them. They cannot take away the person that you were designed to be by God unless you allow it to happen. And we're going to talk about that a lot next week. Uh, please don't miss next week. This sermon and, and the one right after, I kind of, I had them both my mind together. Next week is going to be an impactful sermon talking about what happens that when your expectations are stolen even before you have them. We're talking about the story of Joseph, and I'm going to bring another story into it that will truly change your, truly change your life. So make sure you're here next week for the sermon next week. There is, there is in every person, a desire to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. But somehow we, we somehow shrink back sometimes. And if there was ever a person who displayed this, this different attitude, right? A different spirit when it came to interacting with God, it was Caleb. Caleb had courage. Caleb had a different spirit, the Bible says. And it was on full display, this, this, his whole character, his whole attitude, his, this, this different spirit, his desire to follow God wholeheartedly was on full display when he came back from spying out the promised land. He was willing to stand against everyone else. 
He was willing to stand up for God, stand with God when everyone else that went, except for, except for uh, Joshua. He was willing to stand against everyone else and their attitudes, their downer attitudes, if you will, their opposition to God. They were opposed to God. But Caleb was willing to stand with God. See, here's the reality of life. A lot of people, I'm going to say a lot, but I think most People are where they choose to be. Most people in life are where they choose to be because they walk away from God. They walk away from God. You sometimes wonder, why is it so difficult that I can't help this person? Why can't I? I put so much time and energy and investment in this person's life. Why, why won't they? They choose not to. They choose to walk away from God. Most people are where they choose to be. Now, notice I said most people or many people, not all people. There are situations that people are in that are of no fault of their own. It's not their choice. And given the opportunity, given the right tools, given the right support, they will move from where they are into a better position. And those are the people that you want to invest in. Those are the people that you want to help push forward. They have the rights. They have a different spirit. They, they want to follow God wholeheartedly. See, life is filled with challenges, but God promises to walk us through all of those challenges. Not one person here is going to go through life and not face challenges. If you live long enough, and I mean probably past three, you understand that life is filled with challenges. Twelve leaders went out. Moses sent them out and they had the same information. So you have 12 leaders, not, not just, Hey, pick this guy, grab that guy. 12 leaders went out. They all saw the same thing. They all had the same information. Only two, only two had a different spirit. Only two desired to follow God wholeheartedly. Only two were willing to trust God. Caleb saw the same difficulties as the others saw the same thing, but he came back with a different attitude. He came back with a different conclusion. What was his conclusion? I'm going to trust God. I know I saw the giants. They made us look like grasshoppers. I, I saw everything all these other guys saw, but I came to a different conclusion. My conclusion is God said, here's my future, my expectations for the future. Here's what I expect from you. Here's what you should expect from your own future. And Caleb said, that's my conclusion. I don't care about what's in front of me. What I care about is who's standing behind me. And I'm going to trust in God. You know, I've heard people say so many times, I tried God, didn't work. Ever hear that? People say, I've, I've heard that so many times as a pastor. Yeah, I tried God and it didn't work. Let me be absolutely clear. You don't try God. Okay? You obey God. You commit your life to Jesus Christ. You obey God and you are loyal to God through the ups and downs of life. You don't try God. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, it reminds us, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hope. You don't try God. Like I said, you are obedient to God. You're loyal to God. You trust in God. When, when you ask Christ to come into your life, he became the Lord of your life. Caleb, to Caleb, God was his Lord. 
the Lord of his life. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, he becomes Lord of your life. He dictates the direction of the rest of your life. You don't try him on and take him off. He becomes the Lord of your life. When, when the spies came back to Moses, they returned with bad news. With bad news. They went in there. You know, they, they tried it. You know, they went in there and, and they were doing their thing and they came back with bad news. They decided that taking the land was beyond their ability. There was no deep trust in God. That God was going to deliver them. That God was going to do that. That God was going to fulfill the vision that he had for their future. That God was going to fulfill the expectations that he had for their future and that they should have for their own future. They came back with a bad report and they said, we are not able to do this. In Numbers chapter 13 and verse 31, it says this. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. We came, we saw, we quit. That's what they did, right? We came, we saw, and we quit. Here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. Are, are, you going to, are you going to let that person, that situation, or that event defeat you? That's really the question. You, you, you've had things go on in your life. These men, these men probably had things go on in their lives, maybe knocked them back a little bit. You know, they, they, they went through some pretty difficult things coming out of Egypt, all this kind of stuff. And so the question is, though, at a certain point, are you going to let that person, whoever that was, who harmed you, are you going to let that event, are you going to let that situation defeat you? That's what it comes down to. They were defeated. We can't take on those people. They're bigger than we are. They're stronger than we are. Those giants are too much for us. Let's go hang out here in the wilderness a little bit long. Let's find a safer place. It may not be flowing with milk and honey. It may not be the expectation that we had for the future. It may not fulfill our purpose. It may not. But you know what? It's a little bit safer. I don't think we can do this. So let's just allow that to def- let's let our fear defeat us. So the question to all of us is, are we going to allow our fear to defeat us? Are we going to allow our past to defeat us? Are we going to allow what's standing in our way right now to defeat us? Caleb reported just the opposite. Okay, same, same people, 12 people, Caleb and Joshua, had a whole different perspective on this. Here's what Caleb says. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. 1331. We can certainly do it. No question that we can pull this off. This is what God has called for me to do. These are my expectations for the future. We can certainly do it. You, you bums, just go sit down someplace else. Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin the opportunity for me. God said that this is our land and we should take it. He also says in, in chapter 14, verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, it's always about God. He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Give it to us. God will give it to us. Is it going to be a challenge? Certainly is. Are we going to have to fight giants? We certainly will. We have to overcome obstacles? We certainly will. Is it going to be difficult? It certainly is. For every one of you here, life is really difficult. There's not one person here that I know whose life has been one big, big cakewalk. No problems whatsoever. But you know what? 
If God promises something, God's going to follow through. We need to have great expectations for our future. The expectations that God has put in our hearts. God will fulfill, will fulfill our future expectations. We just need to stay close to him. Caleb was trying to motivate the people of Israel. Caleb was trying to motivate those people to receive to take possession of what God promised them in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 8. Caleb was saying, hey, God promised this to us. He told us that this was our future. We should have great expectations of God that God's going to do it. So he was trying to motivate them. He said, hey, everybody, you shut up. Let me talk to everybody here. And he's trying to motivate everyone. And in response, they want to stone him. They want to kill him. That's their response. He's like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Just get a, someone get a rock. I mean, can we all speak of rocks right now? They, that's their response. They want to kill him. Think about it. These people would rather try to kill Caleb than live out their destiny. They would, try to, they would rather kill him. See, trying to kill Caleb. In trying to kill Caleb, you think about this. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to silence their own fears. Right? Think about it. Think about your own life. In trying to kill Caleb, let's stone him. Let's shut him up is the point. Let's just shut him up. In trying to shut him up, they're trying to silence their own fears. People don't like the truth when it's pointed at them. People don't like the truth being pointed out in their own lives. How many people have tried to point out the elephant in the room in your own family? Think about it. Uncle, uncle, whoever, crazy uncle, whoever, maybe he's abusive or this person is kind of whatever, or they stir up trouble over here. And what do people say? What are the older people in your, in your, in your, the generation before you say, well, it's just the way they are. You know, that's right. If they've, they've been that way for years. Said, and so you sit around your family reunions and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and have you ever, has, have any, has anyone here, don't raise your hand, you don't have to. Have you ever tried to point out the elephant in the room? How'd that go for you? Right? Right? They'd rather, the whole family who's been abused by this person or, or discouraged by this person, had to put up with this person, they now want to stone you for even bringing it up. People don't like truth many times in their own lives. Let it go. It's no big deal. We'll get around it. So this is exactly what was happening here. This was the case here. Most people, listen to me, most people choose to function in dysfunction. Most people will choose to function in dysfunction. For a lot of folks, present pain is better than an unknown future. And as I'm saying these things, I don't want you to think of the person next to you or crazy Uncle Joe or whatever else gives me. Think about yourself, right? Are you functioning in dysfunction? Are you just kind of go along? You're totally dysfunctional, but you learn how to function in your dysfunction. Or, or, or are you afraid... Present pain, the, pre- the pain you're in right now, what you're going through right now, present pain is better than unknown future. Don't rock the boat for goodness sake. Don't tell the truth. Shut this guy up. Shut him up. See, I'm sure if we ask the other 10 guys, the other 10 leaders that went out with Caleb, if we ask those guys, hey, why don't you, why didn't you trust God in that situation? I'm sure they'd have amazing excuses, really good excuses. 
well, you know, I didn't grow up with my dad and, you know, it's, it really affected me. And, and so when I faced those giants, these things came back and I didn't grow up with my mom. And, and so I had some hardships in my life. And, you know, all those are legitimate reasons for, for, for feeling, feeling frustrated and being overwhelmed sometimes and struggling in your life. They're, they're all, I'm not saying that they're, they're wrong and they're terrible, but I'm saying, okay, I understand. I understand. But after you say that and you acknowledge it, here's the question you have to ask yourself. Now what? Yes, that happened to you. Things ha- I've, I've shared with you things that have happened to me. People have gotten up, they've shared testimony of abuse in their lives, things that have happened to them. I, I, it breaks my heart. It makes me cry for you. I think about things that you guys have gone through. I seriously, it makes me cry. But I have to be your pastor and say to you, after you've acknowledged that, okay, after that's happened, I understand it. It's wrong. It was evil. It was the wrong thing. But then you have to ask yourself the question, now what? I want you to say that with me, right? Now what? Say it one more time. Now what? Now what? It's harsh. It's hard. But that's the question. Now what? Someone may have led you in the wrong direction. Someone may have affected your life in the wrong way. But at a certain point, we all have a choice. Now what? Now what? I'm here. It's Sunday in 2014. I have to live the rest of my life. How am I going to live my life? Now what? Now what am I going to do? See, Caleb and Joshua saw the same thing as everyone else. They experienced the same thing as everyone else, but they made a different choice. They chose to follow God. They chose to follow. What did I say in the very beginning? No one, no one can steal the person that you were designed to be by God unless you let them. They'll try. Let me tell you something. The people in your life, even the people closest to you sometimes will try. But they cannot steal the person that you were designed to be unless you let them. And some of, for, for some of you, it's going to be harder. It's going to be a harder road than others. But they cannot take from you what doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you because God gave it to you, the person that you were designed to be. Don't let anyone steal what doesn't belong to them. You have to ask yourself a question, honestly, am I going to be one of the two or am I going to be one of the ten? Twelve people went out, twelve leaders went out to see their future, to experience, to look at what their future could be. Twelve of them, two of them followed God wholeheartedly. Two of them had a different spirit. Two of them had a different attitude. Two of them were ready to pick a fight. The other ten, not so much. See, You have to ask yourself, am I willing to stand for God, if, even if it means I'm standing alone? Even if it means I'm in the minority, even if it means I'm two out of the ten, am I willing to stand for God at work? Am I the person who's going to stand up and stand for truth at work? You know how people love truth. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to stand for God at school? Everybody else is dressed in a certain way and they're looking to stand to have this certain look and everything. Are you willing to stand for truth in your school to defend the defenseless, the person sitting by themselves, the person being picked on? Are you willing to stand with 
that person? Are you one of the two or one of the ten? Are you willing to stand for truth at home? Are you willing to stand for God? You will never fulfill your God-given long-term expectations if you run away, my friends, at the first sign of trouble, the first sign of difficulty. You're never going to fulfill the the long-term expectations, the, the future expectation that God has for you if you start running away at the first sign or the second sign or the third sign of trouble. Fight for your future. You need to fight for your future. It is yours. It belongs to you. And you have someone fighting with you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the resurrection, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ working on your your side. You need to fight for your future. Don't stop fighting when you're tired. Don't stop fighting when you're afraid. When you're afraid. Stop fighting when you're done. You stop fighting when you're done. Fear is going to be there sometimes all of our lives. Trouble and hardship and difficulty, but you don't stop fighting until you're done until you have the victory, until you have overcome, until you are no longer thinking of yourself as the victim, but the victor. Number two, Caleb fulfilled his expectations for the future because he only cared about one opinion, God's. He only cared about one opinion. Again, he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. We need to have a different spirit in order to please God, in order to fulfill God's call in our life, God's goal for our lives. Many in the church need to come to grips with, we need to come to grips with, that if we're going to speak the truth, the world is not going to like it. We are not going to be popular. They're sometimes going to hate us for it. In John chapter 17 and verse 14, it tells us, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. In 1 John chapter 13, verse verse 3, verse 13, chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised by it. Don't be surprised if they want to stone you for telling the truth. Don't be surprised if you want to move forward and you want to get healthy and the people around you are trying to pull you back, trying to stone you, to stop you. Because basically, 10 out of 12 will do that. They're going to try to stop you. Too many Christians are more concerned about what everyone else thinks rather than what God thinks. We are too concerned about that. When Caleb chose God, he chose to stand against anything that was in opposition to God. He chose to stand for the truth. We need to do the same. We need to live our lives in the same way, having that same, we have a different spirit wholeheartedly living our lives for God. This world is difficult. It is too difficult for you to try to stand alone without God. But with God, you can accomplish all that he has for your lives. How can you fulfill the vision that God has placed on your heart? How can you see God's will be done in your life if you will continually follow the world? The reason you've gone through, for the most part, what you've gone through, People may even use spiritual things to mess you up. They may act spiritually, may use spiritual worlds. But I'm going to tell you something. What you went through is not of God. It's of the world. 
It's not of God. The word of God. It's not of God. It's of the world. How can you fulfill the goal that God has placed in your heart? How can you become the person that God has designed you to be if you continue to follow the world? Number three, Caleb fulfilled his expectations for the future because he was willing to stay the course. He was willing to stay the course. Man, this is really, really difficult. Think about Caleb's life. Think about this. I'm going to talk about Joseph next week a little bit too. But think about Caleb's life, all right? Caleb, due to no fault of his own, is forced to wander around in the wilderness for, let's count them, 40 years. Okay? For 40 years, he suffered because of the choices of other people, like some of you. He suffered because of the choices of other people. That is the most annoying thing when someone else's choices mess up your life in some ways for a season or for a long, longer than that. He suffered because of the choices of other people. The strength of Caleb's commitment to God during those years, the 40 years, is nothing short of miraculous. It says something about his, his, his character. It's a testimony to the man's character, to his stick to to his relentlessness when it came to loving God and following God wholeheartedly. How do you survive 40 years in the wilderness when you're looking around? And every, I, I mean, seriously, you'd be in a bad mood all every time you saw somebody walk by, idiot. <laughs> right? Dope. I mean, you'd be, I, 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 I have nicknames for the whole country. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be around anybody else. I go hang out with Joshua and that's it. Come on, Joshua, let's go fishing. Everybody else stay, you know. No, but he didn't have that. He didn't have that attitude. He walked with God. He stayed with God. He stayed committed to God. It's hard to stay. Think about this for your own life. It is hard to stay committed. To stay the course, if you will. When you receive, when someone brings undeserved, if you will, heartache, and problems and abuse into your life, isn't it? It is hard to stay the course. When someone else inflicts upon you heartache, undeserved, undeserved heartache, undeserved problems, undeserved abuse, you didn't deserve that. It it wasn't your choice. Someone inflicted it upon you. It is hard. It is so hard to stay the course when that happens to us. And this is where so many people end up faltering. This is, where, this is where so many people, they end up faltering. Someone does something to change the course of your life, even for a season, and you allow your anger and bitterness to consume you. They do something to you, and you allow that anger, you allow that bitterness to consume you. They, you let their choice dictate the rest of your life. You allow their choice to dictate the rest of your life. Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. He wasn't going to allow anyone else's choices to dictate the direction of his life. It wasn't going to end there. For everybody else, it was, that was it. They didn't get to go into the promised land. So many, right? But he wasn't going to let someone else's choices dictate the vision, the dream that he had for his life. He never blamed God. He never blamed God and he, lets, he never let someone else's choices derail him. 
He stuck with the Lord. He waited for the day when he could, when he was able to walk into the promised land. He waited for that day. He was patient. He trusted God all along the way. How many of us jump ship when things don't go our way? Think about it. How many of us, when things, I'm tough, forget 40 years of not fulfilling what you feel like God has called you to do. How many of us jump shit when things don't go our way? Listen, my friends, life is not going to be a cakewalk when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. I mean, how many older Christians can sit here and attest to that fact? It has not been a cakewalk. Okay, it is not always easy just because you have the Lord in your life doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But it does mean that God is going to walk with you every step of the way. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. And now you forget everybody else. Think about yourself. Sometimes you choose to jump ship. You choose to jump ship because you're angry that God is not fulfilling your uh, your your unrealistic expectations or God is not fulfilling your expectations for the future fast enough, fast enough, or God is not fulfilling them according to the way that you had it all planned out. So you jump ship. But here's the problem. You jump right off the ship into an ocean of sharks. I love G.K. Chesterton and G.K. Chesterton wrote this. When belief in God becomes difficult, we have the tendency to walk away from him. We have the tendency to turn away from him. But in heaven's name to what? When belief in God becomes difficult, we have the tendency to walk away from him. But in heaven's name to what? Some of you are choosing to engage in activities that are making your life worse, worse. You're choosing to date the wrong people. You're choosing to hang out with the wrong people. You, you are choosing to let your anger dominate your life. You're choosing in, to engage in, in life-altering behavior. And then, and I don't mean to be, I love you to death, but then you turn around and you blame God or you blame everybody else for your own poor decision. I know it. I know what you went through is horrible. I understand that. I understand. I, before God, I understand that. But then you can't, you can't double down on someone else's mistake. You can't double down. Double down. I'll explain to you later. You can't, you can't just add to. You can't add to someone else's sin. You don't do that. They sinned against you. Don't then keep adding to it. Follow God. Trust God. Follow the word of God. Get out of the woods. Get out of that situation. Get out of this. You cannot continue to add to what someone else has done to your life and then blame God or somebody else because of your own poor decision. God isn't fixing my situation fast enough, so I started drinking again. How's that working for you? Really? So I started taking drugs again because God didn't fix it fast enough. You know, I tried God and it didn't work. So now I'm going to go back to drinking and taking drugs and I was sleeping around and whatever, whatever makes me feel good at the moment. How's that working for you? Feel complete? You feel the loneliness is gone? The heartache is gone? Is it making you feel all better? No, of course it's not. Because that's doubling down on what someone else has done to you. It's making it worse. Those are bad decisions. Write this down. I want you to write this down. Okay? If you have a pen. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to be. Okay? I want, you to, I want you to say that with me. I am not what happened to me. Say that. I'm what I choose to be. 
I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to be. Why? Because God dictates my destiny. God dictates my future. Nothing else. Caleb believed that. Caleb knew that. No one else was going to dictate his destiny or his future. Like I said, my friends, at a certain point, at a certain point, people are where they choose to be. So many people are where they choose to be. If that's you, stop, okay? Change direction. You can sit around and... See, I don't want to say... I hate to say things like this sometimes. I don't, I don't want to pile on, but... At a certain point in your life, you have to take responsibility for your own choices. A, a, a season of your life, things happen to you that were out of your control. There's a point where then you get to choose... The rest of your life, you get to fight through you you have to make choices. And so many people choose to be where they are right now. And I, I find that unacceptable because you have a God who can help you through it, who can help you overcome it. We need to remember the godly life that I'm calling us all to live this morning is a marathon. It is not a sprint and it ain't over until it's over. Okay, it is not over until it's over. Caleb taught us that there's no retirement plan in God's work. You hear me? There is no retirement plan in God's work at the ripe old age. That's why this is why I love this story. At the ripe old age of 85 years old, Caleb returns to the border of what would soon be the promised land. When he's given an opportunity to fulfill that vision once again, he snatches it. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. Now he's 85 years old. This is what he says. 85, all right? Listen, this is how I want to live my life. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out into battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country, hill country, not a flat land. I love that too, that the Lord has promised me that day. You yourselves heard them, heard them that the, An- the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But listen to this, but the Lord helping me, the Lord helping me, not by myself, the Lord helping me, I will drive them out as he said. I'll drive them out. Even in his twilight years, Caleb possessed a different spirit. He had a different heart. He wanted to follow God wholeheartedly. God gave him a vision and he was going to live that vision out. He was going to live it out for for 40 years. He had the expectation that he was going to walk with God in the promised land. And now he and God were going to do that together. They were going to fulfill that dream together. He was going to do it. 85 years old. He's not whining. He's not sitting on a porch in his rocking chair, just kind of, oh, let's go collect seashells or whatever else. He's saying, you know, Lord, give me another battle. Give, I am ready. I'm, I'm going to continue to do what you call me to do regardless of the outcome. You older members can take a lesson, lesson from this courageous warrior. You don't, you don't retire. You expire when it comes to serving God. You can retire from other things, but when it comes to serving God, you don't retire, you expire. If you're still breathing, you need to get back into the game. You need to get back into the fight. Those who are younger, here this morning, high school, junior high, especially high school students, you need to have a different spirit. 
The life you chose when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life is not going to be easy. You are not going to be able to make the same decisions as all of your friends. Why? Because when you asked, listen to me, when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you didn't ask mom or dad if you could let Jesus Christ come into your life. This isn't their decision. It's your decision. When you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Bible says that you were set apart. You were sanctified. You were set apart for God. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You are different. You have been set apart for God. You can't make the same choices as everyone else. This is not about your parents and what they want you to do when it's coming to church and not coming to church or, or serving the Lord. This has nothing to do with them. This is a choice that you have made. You have made the choice to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It is between you and God. The Christian life is by far the best type of life to live. My friends, it is not always going to be the easiest. Caleb inherited what God has promised him, what God had promised him. He fulfilled his future expectations. Why? Because he had a faith that was unwavering. He had an unwavering faith. His faith, not your parents' faith, not your pastor's faith, not someone else's faith, not your friend's faith, his own faith. And no matter what anyone else said, no matter what anyone else did, Caleb was moving forward to fulfill the vision that God had called him to. I want to challenge you high school students. It is time for you to step up and take your rightful place in this church. It is time for you to become the great leader or great follower. It's okay to be a follower. It really is. Be a great follower. It's time for you to become the great leader or the great follower that God has called you to be. We need you to be a part of the church of today and of the future. High school students, I'm talking to you. We need you to be a part of the church of today to live out the vision that God has for you today a future that will challenge your life, challenge your faith, and truly impact and change your life. I promise you, I promise you that if you will, if you will follow, okay, if you will be a part of what I'm asking you to be a part of, if you'll be a part of this journey that we call Grace Chapel, and you'll get engaged in the youth ministry, if you will do that, you will face your fears and overcome them. If you will go on this journey with us, you will face your fears and you will overcome them. Impossibilities will just be opportunities for your capacity to be stretched. It will, it will challenge the boundaries of your faith and you will succeed. You will overcome. Your character will be different. You will become a man like Caleb. You'll become a woman like Esther, a person of faith. You'll leave behind this life of mediocrity and truly live out God's plan for your life. Listen to this in Numbers chapter 14, verse 11. It says, how long will you refuse to believe in me? I'm asking that question, everyone. How long will you refuse to? I believe in God. I believe in God. You know what's funny? The Bible says good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. How long will you refuse to truly believe in me that I can do everything that I say I can do in the word of God? You need to have great expectations of God. You need to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, that he can and that he wants to use you. You need to believe. How long will they refuse to believe in me? You need to believe because your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts 
become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. Your character becomes your spirit. And your spirit, my friends, becomes your destiny. You need to live that out. We all have a destiny. Everyone has a destiny, but not everyone makes the choice to follow it. I need to challenge you. Make the choice to follow God. Make the choice to live for him. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we love you so much. And we have great expectations of you. We have great expectations of our future, Lord God, and we're going to need your help to fulfill them. Let us be one of the two, not one of the ten. Let us overcome all the challenges, Lord God, that life has thrown in our path together, Hand in hand, Lord God, walking together as your body, the body of Christ. Let us work together to overcome all the challenges that have been thrown in our way. And Lord, through your Holy Spirit, through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, give us the strength that we need to do all that you've created us to do, to fulfill the expectations that you have for our future. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray it. Amen. Have a great week.